Hey, what up? I'm Jay Bond from Bloodbath and Beyond, and you're watching the Don't Go Out There Horror Podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast back everybody to the don't go out there horror movie review podcast powered by the big three roll up i uh, just want to thank all of our fans and listeners for their support we really appreciate it uh, i'm super excited about this upcoming interview with over ninety six thousand youtube subscribers and over 27 million views my man jay bond from the very successful youtube channel bloodbath and beyond how are you doing today sir fantastic welcome i mean thank you for having me welcome Yo, I've been I've been in the sauce already. I'll be honest, straight up. I like to drink when I start talking horror, and here we are. I got my Crown Royal and Pepsi ready to rock. Let's go. Let's have fun. <laughs> uh, we like to kick all of our interviews off with just some background. Uh, what got you into the horror genre? Uh, just watching horror movies as a kid. When I'm, obviously, like a lot of people, when they weren't supposed to. Um, like my mom brought me to like the convenience store or whatever. I saw Ch- Chucky on the front cover of Child's Play, and that was it. It was like, I want that one. My mom didn't give a shit. She's like, whatever, here you go. And that was it. And from there, it, like, obviously falling in love with Jason and watching any of those, like, kid-related movies, like Ghoulies and Critters and all that stuff that seemed to be targeted at, uh, at like, really young people, which weren't supposed to be watching it, and then just kind of stuck with it. Oh, I was terrified of Chucky as a little kid. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Understandably. Like, I would run as soon as... I remember when Bride of Chucky came out and the commercial would come on during uh, WCW Nitro, I would run out the room. I was like, I'm trying to watch wrestling and not be terrified right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, let's jump into your channel now some. We had Yoon from Horrible Reviews on, and I had to ask him, so I'm going to ask you as well. Uh, what inspired you to make a YouTube channel, and on average, how long does it take you to make these videos? Oof. So, kind of like, I'll try and be really quick with this, but we we time, were like, man. we were a bunch of just like horror fans. Me and my buddies back in the day through high school would always watch horror movies. Right after school, it's just like, all right, let's go back to Andy's house and watch some movies. So, my buddy Andy wanted to like do something. He wanted to write a movie or he was doing something in the field and me and my buddy Travis were like, well, let's start a podcast and you can start talking and we can start building up kind of like a little base for you to kind of just, you can start talking with the community and get him a little bit involved. Well, Andy chicken shit it out when it was time to film. And so I had a local buddy named John, who's now my current co-host and he came over for the day. It was supposed to be a podcast. We had like, we were just watching Sharknado. It was like the year that Sharknado came out and we just recorded as a podcast and I had like an extra video camera from when I was like making little rap videos in my basement. Uh, so I just set it up and that's what we filmed. We just, we just filmed it, not even thinking of YouTube. It was supposed to be a podcast, but we didn't know where it was going to go. It was just like, let's film something and figure it out later. No, oh, absolutely. That's awesome, man. Uh, another couple quick questions on your channel. How did you come up with the name? I, I think it's super catchy. Uh, was it just the obvious play on words or just something you thought of? 
Also, I've noticed a lot of different guests throughout the episodes. Are those just some friends of yours? And how do you decide who's going to be on the episodes? Because there's always like a different... I always remember you and John, but there's always a different person in the middle, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So it did start off with like me, Trav, and John for like quite a while. But they are definitely my friends that pop in and out. And these are like just friends that I've either known for a long time or friends that I met when I moved down closer to John, because we didn't live close to each other when we started. Um, so just whoever wants to be on that's in the area, I'm like, hey, yeah, come on over. And that's why I think we kind of were successful, especially early on, was because it's like we're just a bunch of friends hanging out. We're not experts in horror at all. It's just why not get together, have some drinks, and just talk some shit. And that's what it was. Um, to touch on a question that you asked that I neglected to mention – to create an episode takes like maybe like five to six hours, maybe more than that, depending, because it'll be like we always watch the movies together so that we have that same kind of vibe when we go and sit in the studio and film it. We watch the movie. We don't talk about like what well, we do talk and make jokes throughout the movie. We don't actually like tell each other what we think of the movie until the very last part of our review. When we say our final ratings, that's the first time. We put our hands behind our back and we shoot on the table like, okay, three, two, one. And you, you're you locked into that. If I give something a two and John gives it a five, like that's what you were going to go with. We don't want to be influenced by each other. So um, between the filming and then the editing, sometimes the editing can be like five hours. So it depends on if it's like a retro movie and you need to include a bunch of voice lines from you know people's favorite scenes because you don't want to review Scream and exclude really key moments. So it depends on the movie. Um how we came up with the name, we much like a lot of people, we jotted a bunch of we jotted a bunch of names down, and basically we stuck with this one. We wanted to try and find something that was a pun, very similar to like Cinemassacre. We love that name, obviously being big angry video game nerd fans back in the day. We were like, we need something like that. Bloodbath and Beyond was one of the puns that came up, and we just landed on it, not knowing that other people had already done that joke before us. And that's fine. We hear it all the time. And it was on The Simpsons, I guess. It appeared in one episode as the gun store at the time when we made it. Guar had an album or like a DVD called Bloodbath and Beyond. And then there was Matt Hazard of like a knock, like a bullet storm video game, I think. It was some, something from like Epic. And it is what it is. But like, I don't know. I think... The name alone has gotten us some kind of recognition in the horror community just because they're like, that's a funny name. I'm going to subscribe. There's so many comments like that. So I'm thankful we stuck with this one. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, I can't remember the very first video I ever watched, but, you know, the name is very cool. It's just like Bloodbath. That's a, you know, y'all's always intro at, at the beginning. So that's, that's super cool, man. Uh, your channel ranges from the mainstream horror movies and franchises all the way to lesser known, such as the Pork Chop franchise, which I have no idea what that's about, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great you guys take on such a wide variety of movies. Uh, can you talk to our audience about your approach to reviewing the movies? Yeah. Uh, well, it's changed over the years, of course, with YouTube and needing to kind of conform to some algorithm stuff to try and stay relevant. But for the most part, it's whatever that we want to watch. And that, I think, is what we don't want to lose while doing this. We've been doing it for like seven years now, and we always still 
are digging through the crates looking for some random movie that nobody's heard of. And thankfully now, like, we watch a lot of Tubi movies now because they've got all the lowest bottom barrel indie stuff, whether they're good or not, just like from a just movies that you would never see elsewhere. They're not promoted anywhere. And Porkchop is one of those. Like, we went to Family Video and we're just like, what is this? You pick up the DVD and we had to pick them up right away. And then we kind of that was probably one of those gateway horrors for indies that were like, okay, who is this director? It's like Eamon Hardiman. We found out who he was. We started following his career. We started looking at all of his friends and the stuff that they popped up in. And these are obviously going to be movies that nobody's heard of. And then you just kind of go from there. And mixing in the mainstream stuff is just kind of one of those things. Like it comes with the territory. People start asking, oh, are you going to cover Spiral? Like, of course. Yeah, we're going to cover Spiral. Uh, but we do try and make sure we still look for, like, those mid-2000s, no-budget movies or some shot-on-video 80s stuff uh, that we just enjoy watching and are kind of those movies that we would have watched back in the day when we were in high school. Oh, yeah. One that I, one review that you've done that I, I wanna, kind of want to check out is Slaw, just because oh, I love Slaw. And I think it, 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 looked, it looked terrible, but it, it also looked pretty funny, too. <laughs> that's gonna be a I'm hit or miss for like, everybody to be honest like <laughs> it's really bad comedy but like comedy is the most subjective thing ever so like what i think is funny versus what you might think is funny so different that's the one thing that i think like you can never have a stronger opinion on somebody like like i hate that movie but they did try and there are people that are gonna love that one so it's on it's on tubi as well so check it out Oh wow! Uh, okay, the poster is funny, <laughs> and oh, it's got some God. wrestler cameos in there. We got Doc Gallows, we got Glacier from w- WCW. Fun stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely want to check it out just just to see if I can get a couple good laughs. Uh, I've noticed on your, I think is is this like a, a separate channel? I'm not sure. I've noticed on your channel, Extreme Underground, you take on some of the world's most disturbing movies. You know, that's what Yerun all. That's what his channel got famous from. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on disturbing cinema? I'm absolutely a massive fan. Uh, and I don't know if that just comes with like the territory of growing up watching horror. At some point, you get desensitized to certain things. Like most movies we watch, you're not scared, but you're like you're still invested. You're still you're still interested in what's going on. And with disturbing, it kind of pushes the boundaries of what's acceptable. And I think like even horror in general, like like I said, watching as a kid, I was watching that because I wasn't supposed to. It's like taboo. And so disturbing films are like that to me as well. And the same can be true for like uh, like even horrible reviews. Like I know that he said very similar things. Like me and him talk all the time. He's a really great dude. Uh, very cool that you've had him on here. He was one of the first people that I started watching when we started uh, our channel. He was the ceiling. He was the big the biggest YouTuber at the time when we started in 2013. And being able to like talk to him, uh, potentially have a collab coming up with him, there's just like, I don't know, like disturbing cinema is is interesting, and the fans of that niche, there's like it's a whole different world. So especially like after being like doing our regular indie stuff for so long, I'm finding newer fans that are just only focused on the disturbing stuff. And it's really cool. There's a lot of a lot of foreign stuff that I'm learning about. 
Um, and yeah, it started as just a playlist, like a series of videos that I did on Bloodbath and Beyond. And I've spun it off into its own channel because you have to almost. Because if people are watching our fun reviews of indie stuff like Sharknado or Aquarium of the Dead, do they want to see uh, the Chilean Serbian film? Like, that one's called Trauma, by the way. Watch out. The first scene is... There's just, like, a lot of really disgusting shit I watch. Slaughtered Vomit Dolls and the Vomit Gore trilogy. Like, even the titles sicken me. And that's why I'm so intrigued by it. And so I spun it off into another channel, not only because to, you know, separate the focus, but also because we don't want to risk what we have on Bloodbath uh, when we're starting to put out stuff that looks like it could be snuff in YouTube's algorithm eyes or whatever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get- Keep, keep, keep that stuff separate from, from the wholesome stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to say that we're wholesome all the time, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, but you don't you don't want to watch a spiral review and then jump right into Slaughtered Vomit Doll. I think it might turn some people off. Yeah, exactly. And you're right, it's a niche. You're, you're going to want to... Like, in the, in the power of a thumbnail, I know, like, like, on horrible reviews, like, that thumbnail, like, took his video off. It's It's got, like, three and a half million views compared to the rest of them. It's it's disgusting. Yep. Uh, we live in a really messed up world, as you know. Um, after watching these disturbing films, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but has it desensitized you in mainstream films or even like the the real world news stories? Uh, yeah, to some degree. So like maybe not real world stuff because you always need to try and separate that. You need to make sure you separate that because when you can't separate like fact from fiction then you become a serial killer yourself. So 100%, you're, there's going to be a clear divide. Like, yes, there's, like, a lot of bad shit going on. Um, like, obviously, there's there's just so much to touch on that I won't touch on now. But you have to make sure that as much dark shit as you watch, you make sure that you stay focused on what's real. Because there was a time in my life where I was watching too much too many horror movies where I had to take a break because it was getting to my head. I was getting super depressed. I was down on myself. This was back like, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe longer than that. But it was just like, I was in a really dark place. I had to shut off all horror movies for a little bit because, you know, you start leaning too heavy in one direction. You might start thinking that is real. And so, yeah, I have, I am definitely desensitized to some degree, but um, not to real world stuff. You know, I've only seen, like, bits and pieces of stuff like Serbian film and all that. But there's no way I could watch that movie. Just watching, you know, him, what he does to that poor woman who's handcuffed to the bed with a machete. I just don't think I could uh, stomach it. Like, I don't even like watching Rob Zombie's Halloween, the rape scene. Like, I think that's extreme. Yeah. I can only imagine the rest of it. Yeah. It is tricky. It is, like, because there's scenes like that where it's like, yes, I obviously am trying to, like, put myself in... Well, not necessarily the same shoes, but, you know, you're trying to relate to some degree because that's how you resonate with characters when watching any movie. But, like, I completely understand when people don't want to watch some of the stuff that I do. And I even have had to take breaks in the past. Like, with Extreme Underground, I've been doing it for several years on Bloodbath and Beyond. But if you notice the trickle out of videos, it's like, oh, he went really hard for one month and then stopped for six it's not because I couldn't technically do it. It's because maybe some shit was getting to my head and I just needed to like pump the brakes, maybe re like, you know, recalibrate and make sure that I, there is still some kind of, I'm still sensitive to some stuff because not only does it make 
me a sane person, but it also makes for better content because then I can explain it to other people that, you know, aren't used to watching the same shit as I am. And I'm not like the end-all, be-all of disturbing film either. Like, there's so much shit that I haven't seen that will probably shock me and disgust me. Um, and I'm I'm finding it hard right now to edit some videos that I have already shot, where it's just like, oh, when you have to start skimming through some of these disturbing movies, like, frame by frame, and you're like, oh, fuck. Do I want to do this? I need to take a break. <laughs> yeah, definitely understand that. So I know your your channel has been uh, influenced a lot through fan interaction, and as content creators ourselves, it's, it's very cool for us to get messages from fans. Can you talk to us a little bit about your fan interaction and influence on your channel? Yeah, um, just like it's been crazy ever since like even before. I think when we had like a thousand subscribers, we got like a handwritten note from like a viewer. At that time, you weren't thinking about getting docs, so you're like, yeah, here's my here's my address. Come on out. Send me mail. Whatever. Here's my home phone number. Um, but people, like, we would get letters of people that were suicidal that were just like, I'm so thankful that I found your channel. Um, and just, like, just talking about their life and just being that outlet for certain people, which is interesting because that's what I do with other channels unrelated to horror. But... You know, when you start to realize that you look for outlets when you're off work, you just want to chill out. You want to just throw on the TV, put on some YouTube or something. You realize that you actually give a shit about these people that you're watching. And to realize that you are that to somebody else is like mind blowing. Um, I try and make sure that I talk to everybody in the comments. Most like every video, if you look at any video, most comments I will have responded to mine. It takes up a lot of time, but it's part of a community. It's social media because you want to be social. I don't want to just sit here and make a video and throw it up and walk away. That's not really what we're about. That's why I'm here right now. You know, you know, we talked on Twitter, and I was just like, "Hey, you want to come on?" It's like, "Yeah, sure." Like that's it's all about just connecting with people that are like minded. That's it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, this is something I'm excited to hear about. March 13th, 2021, you uploaded a video to YouTube titled Major Channel Update. You announced you had resigned from your job to focus on your channels. Can you talk to us about that huge leap of faith and the thought process going into all of that? Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, was it a terrible idea? Maybe. But I would have been kicking myself if I didn't. What was happening was I was working on a big project at work. I was like a UX designer, so I was like, basically building a, a big plat a big platform that was about to launch. And I wasn't really happy. Uh, I was butting heads with some people at work. And I just said, fuck it. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to quit, I'm just not going to jump into another job right away. So it wasn't necessarily that I quit to focus on YouTube. It was that I, I was going to quit. And instead of jumping into another job, I'm going to use some time, you know, use some of the bank that I have to just like, take some time off and just focus on YouTube and see if I can make it a career. Three months in now, um, or two, I guess just over two months, almost three months. Not much has changed, to be honest. I've been playing with, you know, how many videos I put out, what things I cover, to see if I can kind of, like, increase income to see if it's viable. Not so much yet, but we'll see. I'm, I still have... 
My reevaluation date is September 16th. And so at that point, I'll have a better idea because my wrestling channel and Extreme Underground uh, weren't monetized yet. Or the wrestling one now is, but Extreme Underground isn't. So even if I do need to get a job in September, like I'll swallow my pride. It's all good. Like I completely get that. So my goal right now is to focus on all three channels, build them up to be able to coast or at least have a big back catalog. So when I do need to go back to work, if that happens, I'm still good on all three channels. It's tough running three channels, I'm going to be honest, because some people think that I'm not doing shit sometimes. And I am. I'm just in a different lane. That's it. Dude, it's hard yeah. running just one podcast with three co-hosts, doing three YouTube channels and depending on it. Couldn't imagine the stress. Yeah, it's wouldn't yeah. want the stress. It's weird. <laughs> it I think what's the more stressful part is when you upload a video you think is going to be good, not only for the channel, but like just in general, people will like it and it just bombs. And you're like, well, what the fuck? That had everything that they thought should be successful. And then you know, you've got other videos that blow up from six years ago. It's like, okay, well, thankfully that blew up because otherwise I would be broke and I have no money. So, like, is what's weird, too, is something that I didn't want to happen, but is inevitable if you're going to quit your job and try and be a YouTuber. Like, you have to start focusing on the money. And, well, we don't make a ton on YouTube anyway. Usually it's like most stuff is through Patreon, thankfully. We have some good support there. But, like, YouTube fluctuates like crazy. Like, you can make this number today and then it'll drop by tomorrow it's like it's nuts but i don't really like that micromanaging in my head and trying to determine content um based on that on that it's like yeah okay we're gonna do conjuring but i still want to do that low budget indie stuff as well which probably will never make me money but more for the sanity and just for the love to make sure that i'm still in love with with what we do you know because if you just only focus on the stuff that's going to get you money, I would have been reviewing iPhones back in the day. Like, fuck, I'm not here doing independent horror for the money. But if it, if but if I can spin it that way, then why not? That would be awesome. Absolutely, and we can definitely relate to that. We've done some uh, reviews that we think are going to do great numbers, and then for some reason, Anaconda continues to blow up on our YouTube. That right? Anaconda review, <laughs> like we're like, what the hell's going on with that? But yeah, it's crazy. Um, so this next this next question I'm excited about. Uh, a couple of our co-hosts, me and Mike, we're huge wrestling fans. Oh, and so you don't we know say. That, yeah, you can tell by <laughs> the background here. Uh, you know, I, I know you've got the other channel called Midcard Maniacs. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that channel and then just your passion in wrestling, kind of what, what got you into it? Absolutely. So me and John have always been, like, lifelong wrestling fans so he's my co-host on bloodbath and beyond and kind of like what i was just talking about is you want to make sure that you still love what you're doing and so part of that is making sure that you can like every time john came over just as a friend we'd always be thinking about bloodbath and it's like fuck man like we need to do something else we would get together for pay-per-views of course and we'd talk wrestling and we're just like why don't we just make a wrestling channel too and we can do whatever the hell we want and that's how that started it was just like we just need to do something else. So maybe he comes over on a Saturday. We can watch some horror and we can talk about AEW stuff or fantasy book something here. Um, and that's really it. Like we've been fans forever. 
I did take a big break basically when CM Punk came to be. Like I missed the whole Punk era. And that's about oh, wow. like it's a big chunk. It was like six to seven years, I think. I just kind of stepped away. So I haven't even yeah. seen probably one punk match. Yet I, I understand what he's done. Yeah. But like there was a lot. So I got back into it um, in 2013 at the first takeover show. Me and John happened to be at we were in um, we were in New York. We were doing something like some press for a for a horror movie called Jersey Shore Massacre. And we just threw on takeover. And I think I saw like Bailey and Sasha. I think I don't know if that was it. I think it was that. And I I was just like, oh, I'm into this now. And we watched some Legend House. And it really like we were just getting into the network a little bit. And that's what re- reignited my love for wrestling. And then obviously AEW has perpetuated that and watching indie stuff like GCW, um, yeah. lots of different stuff. It's fun. It's fun to just have a different thing to talk about, you know? Just like, hey, we don't want to talk yeah. about horror today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we've got the horror podcast, of course, but like I said, Mike and I, we love wrestling, and so we have got we text each other about wrestling all the time, and we'll just fantasy book stuff. So that, that's awesome that you do that with your friend. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite uh, for, promotion? Man, your currently... Girlfriend? Currently, it's probably AEW, but I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of Ring of Honor as well. Uh, right before the pandemic, I think they were really hitting their stride, uh, getting back. You know, some of the biggest names in wrestling have come through there, but uh, I was loving what they were doing. The pandemic hit, and they're they're still right there. They're still putting out quality content, but I, I'm a I'm a homer for Ring of Honor and AEW at the moment. Right on. I'm an yeah. AEW mark mostly. Ring of Honor. Uh, I haven't watched enough. I know I should. Yeah. I get like messages from Fight TV like every time it's on, and I just yeah. never watch it. Like I keep tabs on like who's there, what's happening, but I don't actually watch yeah. the product much. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. I was a big fan of wrestling, you know, back in the day, but I kind of just, I think my passion ran out once it became, you know, when The Rock left and Sting <laughs> yep. and all. You know, I, I love that era, but I just couldn't get back into it. Uh, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up soon, but I, I gotta, I gotta call you out on something, my man. This is all in fun. Yeah. yeah. I, wa- I watched your uh, review of Malibu's Most Wanted. And you kind of hated on it at the end. Uh, I <laughs> love be- that movie, man. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I think John was okay with it, uh, if I, I remember. I, I'm with you. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, I think. Okay, so here's the big, the big reason. So we hype this up. So every like April 1st, we do some random movie. Usually it's something with an urban flair to it. Um, we've done Pootie Tang. We've done, what, Kazam. Shaq is a rapping genie, one of the best movies ever yeah. made. Absolutely. <laughs> and Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted. I was like waiting for certain scenes to play out that just never came. And I'm like, what the hell happened here? I was thinking of Scary Movie with B-Rabbit. So like the whole time I'm waiting for the eight mile scene and I'm waiting for them to hit on certain notes. And I'm like, what's going on? And it, I just like ended up walk, like getting pissed at it. Just like not loving it. It is what it is. Jamie Kennedy is great. I like him as a person. I think yeah. some of his comedy is certainly dated. Uh, I mean, some of his comedy now is seems dated as well. We saw him at a recent comedy show. I got him to sign my scream Blu-ray that I, that I brought. It was awkward. Oh, awesome. <laughs> 
That was hold on. I do need to just mention that this is the most awkward thing. So I've never. I don't really go to comedy shows, but I knew he was coming. I brought my Blu-ray. I put it in my like hoodie pocket. John, being like he loves comedy, he made us sit right on the rail. And in the middle of a joke that had nothing to do with Scream, he didn't talk about Scream throughout the whole thing. Just halfway through the show, he looks directly at me. He's like, you're a Scream fan, aren't you? I'm like, oh, fuck, what? Like, how do you know? <laughs> and so I'm already, like, super embarrassed, but I'm also way too drunk to be sitting that close. And I immediately pop out my Blu-ray. I'm like, I, I brought my movie. Can you sign it? <laughs> it was, I look like an eight-year-old dude. And so having Randy sign it right there, it was... It was cool, but it was so awkward. That's incredible. That's one of the yeah. best stories I ever heard in my life. <laughs> why did he stop and just look at me? Like, and why me? I wasn't wearing like, I probably wasn't wearing Wait. a horror hat. Usually, I wouldn't. Wait, be. so there, there was no payoff to that. Like, you never found out why he called that out. He just like, it was just so random. He was just like looking That's around, incredible. and he's talking about like an ex girlfriend or something like that. Like, it had nothing to do with what he was talking about. Or even talking to me after about it. It was just like, I'm, like you, you're a Scream fan, aren't you? Like, why are you saying that on the mic, first of all? Like, can you not talk to me? Like, this is so weird. And, but the fact that he was right and the fact that I had my Scream Blu-ray there, the it's a moment that you replicated. It was just unreal. Yeah. <laughs> he did sign it, though, right? And thankfully. He made me buy a shirt, though. He's like, but uh, you got to buy a shirt after the show. I'm like, okay. It's it's a shit shirt. It's just like a puking emoji or something. I think that's oh, like wow. one of his lows. It's weird. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow up that uh, that story now. Uh, I just want to ask if there's anything else you'd like to plug or promote. Uh, what's the future of Blood, Bath, and Beyond that you want to tell y'all, our audience about? Well, I don't know what the future is, to be honest. Just keep grinding, doing our thing. If you guys want to learn more about us, check us out on YouTube, Blood, Bath, and Beyond. Uh, at bloodbath underscore tv on instagram and twitter we're very active across the board pretty much midcard maniacs just search midcard maniacs primary focus is on aew stuff a lot of fantasy booking for aew we do some prediction videos as well for wwe content and then extreme underground check that out it's disturbing as shit and i promise you i'm gonna blow up doing some talking about people puking on each other so check that out (laughs) Did, uh, I think I think you may have uh, spilled the beans a little bit. Uh, you and you and my man Yarun working on something. He said he's been working on something big with collaborating. Did that's you just it. telling yourself. Well, I guess he, if he's already said that, then that's fine. Yeah, I'm a part of it, and it's oh, going to be nice. nice. So I'm really excited to see how everything comes together, and uh, some of the other people involved. He said it's been a pain in the ass editing it, but he said it's going to be worth it. I bet. I offered my editing hand, so if he has issues, I told him, come at me. I got you. I don't have a job now. I can do it. Yeah, but you got three channels. (laughs) Never mind. Back off. You can handle it. Order some Chinese food and some some beer, and you'll handle it. Uh, Jay, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's been a pleasure and honor to have someone I've been watching, you know, on YouTube for so many years on the show. It means a lot, man. Uh, Is there any final thoughts before we let you go? No, I just want to thank you guys for having me. It's awesome to just be able to, like I said, connect with you guys on on Twitter and just come out and talk. Talk some, you know, talk YouTube, talk horror, talk wrestling. If you guys uh, ever need to, ever want to talk about anything specific, holla at me. I'm always around. Awesome, man. Sounds good. We appreciate you coming on. Right on. Thanks again.
And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.